We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So we are continuing with the end of the Quran. So we're doing Surah Al Nas? Yes. Okay, far away. So Surah Al Nas, I'll start with reading it. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaytani Rajeem. Bismillahi Rahmani Rahim. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ مَلِكِ النَّاسِ إِلَهِ النَّاسِ مِنْ شَرِّ الْوَسْوَاسِ الْخَنَّاسِ الَّذِي يُوَسْوِسُ فِي صُدُورِ النَّاسِ مِنَ الْجِنَّةِ وَالنَّاسِ The translation is, say, I seek refuge with the Lord of mankind, the King of mankind, the God of mankind, from the evil of the whisperer who withdraws, the one who whispers in the hearts of people, whether from among the jinn or mankind. Uh, this surah is the second part to the Mu'awadatayn. The first part that we went over was Surah Falaq. Um, the difference between this surah and Surah Falaq is that Surah Falaq had to do with protecting the believer against the hardships of this world. Namely, like black magic and evil and people who are looking to hurt you, basically. Uh, this surah has to do with um, more so the evil that's caused by the whispers of shaitan. So it's more of like uh, concerning the inner struggles that humans have. Uh, the first verse, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ It means, uh, I seek refuge with the Lord of mankind. Um, so here the word Rabb is used. That was the f important word that was highlighted. Um, and Rabb means the one who nurtures. And um, so it's basically trying to say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the supreme nurturer. Um, and in the present, he's also referred to as the Lord of mankind, Rabbin Nas. Um, in Surah Falaq, he was referred to as the Lord of the daybreak. Um, and in this sense, we're again talking about human problems. I think that's why um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referred to as the Lord of mankind because it has more to do with just humans personally. And next verses, Malikin Nas, Ilahin Nas. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is described using different uh, different words. First one, Malikin Nas means king, and then Ilah means God. Um, so there's different reasons why these two different words are used. Uh, first one, it's Qul Aaudu Bi Nas. So first he's referred to as Rab, which means nurture, and now he's referred to as Malik, which means king. So this is trying to show that like Allah not only nurtures you. But he is also a king and he has subjects who should worship him and should be loyal to him. Um, and then after that, ilahin nas, where ilah means God. So obviously there's a divine aspect to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. And the commentary highlights that uh, no being has all three of these, where someone is a king, but they're also a deity. Um, and they're also someone who nurtures. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, has these characteristics at once. Let's see. Nas, they say the word. And uh, scholars, when talking about Nas, the word Nas is repeated multiple times. And scholars have uh, something to say here. They say that Nas um, is said five times in the surah, and the first time it's referred to uh, children. And um, that's why the word Rub is used, because we said that Rub means nurturing. So. Rub being used for children means that like you're nurturing children and children need nourishment um, at their age. And the second time it's used is when it's referred to youth. Um, and that's why Malik is used for kingship. 
um, there's like a political connotation apparently according to the commentary and that's why kingship is linked to youth and finally the third time nas is used it's referred to people of old age and people of old age usually tend to finally cut them cut themselves off from society and start to just focus on themselves um, and that's why ilah is used it's because at this point it's when people start turning away from the world and they start looking at the hereafter so ilah god is when um, this becomes the most important thing to them and then uh, the next verse min sharril waswasil khannas um, this has the waswas was the important word here which means uh, whisper right am I correct a whisper yeah. and um, shaitan shaitan is described as the whisper who withdraws um, so there was some comment there was a hadith I believe where uh, the Prophet ﷺ said that in the heart there's like two houses built and in one of them uh, one of the houses there's an angel and the other house there's uh, shaitan and when you um, turn towards Allah and you remember him shaitan withdraws so it's kind of like referring to that sense where shaitan kind of flees when you seek refuge in Allah subhanahu ta'ala and then minal jinnati wan nas um, this has to do with jinn also being uh, people who, I mean, sorry, jinns were also influencers on Muslims in terms of they, every person is born with a jinn that's attached to them. And uh, it, there's an instance where the, the commentary talks about where the Prophet ﷺ says that every one of you was born with um, a jinn who whispers to you to do bad things. And then the companions asked him, do you have one as well? And he said, yeah, but... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me uh, kind of a command over it and now it only tells me to do good. So I think this was just kind of highlighting that every single person will um, is susceptible to these whispers and is at um, is, is basically being threatened by shaitan's whispers. And um, this aspect of how potent shaitan's whispers are is further highlighted when uh, in this commentary when uh, they talk about a time when the Prophet ﷺ was in the masjid and his one of his wife's uh, one of his wives came to visit him what was it, Safiya or was it? Uh, probably but what's the, what was the story? yeah it was Safiya Safiya bin Thuyay <coughs> and um, she came and uh, she came to visit the Prophet ﷺ and when she was leaving the Prophet ﷺ was walking her out and two companions were walking by and they saw him with her but they didn't know who she was and they started to walk away and the Prophet feared that they might have some evil thoughts from Shaitan and he called them back and explained to them that that's his wife. And when the companions kind of said, you didn't have to explain to us, he said that like, Shaitan runs through your veins like blood. So, um, the waswasa of Shaitan is something that's very real and very uh, dangerous. And that's why every single person has to seek refuge uh, from that. And that was pretty much all I got from it. Okay, very good. So... <clears throat> And so, fitting some of these points together, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Um, uh, so, the point that you mentioned about it moving from Rab of Nas to Malik of Nas to Ilah of Nas, um, that the commentators said that the Rab is associated with children, right. and then Malik is associated with youth, and then Ilah would be then associated with adulthood. And a way to think about this is <coughs> even when we're looking at the attributes of Allah Ta'ala, whether we're talking about the 99 names or, or, or other names, 
we often think that these are this is Allah's personality, you know, for lack of a better term. And a better way to think of them is these are uh, Allah Ta'ala's relationships with us, right? Because obviously those are not all of his attributes, right? right? His attributes are beyond infinity. Yeah. Uh, but when he's Ar-Rahman, he's Ar-Rahman to who? To you and me. When he's Malik, to whom? To you and me. And so <clears throat> uh, there are times when you're making dua to Allah where you're asking for his Rahmah. There's times when you're asking, uh, when you're making uh, 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 dua to Allah and you're essentially talking to Al-Ghani and Al-Mughni, right? Uh, like when you're seeking wealth. Uh, and there are times when you might be praying uh, to Allah and you're praying to Al-Mudhil, the one who subdues, like, you know, makes Zalil. Um, and so so we might be saying Allahumma or we might be saying Ya Allah, but we're actually focusing on one aspect, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> when we're speaking of Allah's nurturer, we're also saying that, all right, uh, in youth, that is sort of the primary relationship through which a child can understand Allah Ta'ala. That he's the one who's taking care of me. Good. And then when I get older, so uh, so like age 0 to 7 would be Rab. 7 to 14, we're taught what? Then you, 0 to 7, you play with your child. Right. 7 to 14, you mold the child. Yeah. So that's when you get into discipline. That's where you have Malik, master. Because the master is saying, do this, don't do this, so forth and so on. Right. Okay. And then after that, you become their friend. And that's when we get into the realm of ilah, for someone to appreciate Allah as ilah. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, even think about that in terms of parenting. If you order your young child, your young child will try to listen, but their mind is not ready for that yet. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's obviously, you tell your child to, to pray, you tell your child to eat, you tell your child to sleep, etc., to clean the room. But ages 17 to 14 is when they're actually designed to obey. Whereas zero to seven, you got to have a lot of play and nurturing and all that. That's helping them grow. And then beyond that, when they're adults, when they're a full, a full uh, mental capacity, so to speak, then they can understand this relationship of Allah as Ilah, as God. Okay. And what are, what's the difference then between Ilah versus Malik? Um, we're also basically saying that you're also aspiring to, to complete surrender to your, to your uh, ilah, even where he, when he's not asking you. Meaning, not just fard, but nafl. Uh, what else here? So yeah, um, when you mentioned the point about the previous surah is more about the struggles of, of mankind, uh, or the evils of mankind, you know, the, the, the witches, the whisper of the witches, the, the, the envier when he envies, and here it's against shaitan. Right. And, and so this idea of waswasa is, the analogy to think of is, so waswasa is, is, you're talking, it's almost like less than a whisper. It's like, you're not even sure if you heard something. Because okay. a whisper, you're still, you know, if I'm whispering to you, you're, you're understanding what I'm saying. Waswasa is even lower than that, when you're not even sure if you heard something, but you feel like you did. Okay. And so that's what shaitan does. And another way to think about it is think about the, the, the tongue of a snake. The way it comes out and it immediately goes right back. So that's the other part. When we're saying, waswasil khannas, it's this super subtle voice you can barely hear. And then, you know, the speaker runs away. Okay. And, and so what is he trying to do? He's trying to put the thought into you. Okay. 
And so you also made the point about the qareen. So the qareen is the jinn that's assigned to you when, when you're born right. to master you, to know everything about you. And so <clears throat> through the, the almost like the record keeping of the qareen, you know, shaitan is going to throw 10 ideas at you, 100 ideas at you, hoping one of those sticks. And then once one sticks, to throw 100 more ideas related to that, hoping that another one sticks. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's the ayah in the Quran, you know, it's, what, what is it? Yeah. Right? And so, don't follow the footsteps of shaitan. And now think about what's happening there. So, so, let's say it's just a fresh snow in your neighborhood. Okay? And let's say it's like four inches of snow. It's, everything's white. Mm-hmm. And then you go outside and you see footsteps. What happens? What do you think? You automatically have some curiosity. Like, who just walked by? Right. You know, in this fresh snow. And so now you've gotten curious and you started thinking about it. This is how Shaitan works with you. He tries to get you from your curiosity. So your curiosity is a natural thing. Right. And it's sort of like, <clears throat> you know, you have a door slightly open and you can almost see that there's someone on the other side. And so you have this curiosity to see who's there. Right. So he's trying to get you to look further. Okay. Okay. And so what he's doing the whole time is like he's, he's luring you with bait. And waiting for you to to do something less of good that you would do, or something more of bad, and to lure you further and further and further. What's his ultimate goal? To get you to turn against Allah Ta'ala. Mm-hmm. But it's literally by luring you over the course of your life. And so then this point about you having these two realms in your heart, one for the angels, one for shaitan, a way to think about this is that shaitan is trying to get you to do something bad. Okay? Now, what do the angels do? This is in Surah Al-Fusilat. And what is it? Um, I can't remember the ayat in, in, uh, in Arabic. But basically, if you, if you stand and you say, you know, um, do you remember what comes after that? And then... Yes, that's exactly it. And so then the malaika come down on you. Okay. The, the, they come down on you, al-malaika. Basically saying, don't fear, you have no, no reason to grieve. Yeah. <coughs> so shaitan is trying to get you to do something wrong. But if you do something right, then angels come and reinforce you. Okay. We always teach in Sunday school, for example, shaitan is trying to tempt you. Yeah. But the other part we often don't teach, right? That when you do good, right. then, then angels come down to reinforce you. Okay. And shaitan runs away. So one question I have is like, does anything whisper to you to do good or is that on your own? So it's kind of like you can speak of the angels doing a whisper type thing, but, uh, but not in the waswasa sense. Because okay. even, uh, so, so uh, repeat the ayah again, let's see what word is being used. Yeah, so they're giving you like, good news and stuff, but okay. um, uh, how they're communicating with you uh, that uh, Allah knows best. Okay. And so my guess is they're probably reinforcing you a different way, right? Because okay. you can sort of feel when you're getting tempted, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, but when the angels are reinforcing you, it's a different uh, sensation. It is. You know, and so, so yeah, so I'm guessing, uh, like, does anything else whisper? Other than that would be humans. This is how marketing works, right? right? Marketing literally works by trying to lure you and yeah. put ideas in your head. Right. You know? And a lot of times the marketing is... is not good stuff, right? I mean, it's basically a sell product, right? Uh, let me think if there's anything else. 
I think that's basically uh, everything. Okay. Uh, any other last thoughts or questions or comments? Uh, I think the commentary talks about like uh, people also whisper. I believe. Is, wasn't that so? Funny? So mina jinnati wannas. That's yeah. read a couple of ways. So either the whispering is coming from shaitan into the hearts of jinns and humans. Okay. Or the and minal jinnati wannas is is it's from uh, like the whispering is coming from. You know, and, and the way I've been taught is that Shaitan is also getting humans and jinns. Okay. But, I mean, Allah knows best, uh, perhaps it can be read both ways. Um, but, yeah, you've also reminded me about the, the example of Safiya. <coughs> so, even try to imagine this. So, this is the Prophet, peace be upon him, walking down the street. And I think it was, uh, he was in Itikaf, right? Right. So, this is, uh, so it's in Ramadan. Yeah. yeah. And still he was concerned that Shaitan gets into the, you know, into the, the, almost like the veins and the arteries of people. Yeah. And, and so if Shaitan is locked up in Ramadan, then where's it coming from? From yourself. From your nafs. From your nafs, right? yeah. Your nafs is worse than 70 Shaitans. Right. Wow. So, so you can tell the difference between uh, something coming from Shaitan, a rajim, versus coming from your nafs. Because if you truly say you're going to knock away shaitan. Even the remembrance of saying uh, for many people is just the remembrance of it is going to knock away shaitan, but especially the saying of it. Okay? Okay. But the way your nafs works is that if it gets blocked one way, it's going to try to convince you to do it another way. So think of a sin that someone is trying to, uh, trying to commit. So let's say someone wants to drink some booze. Okay. <clears throat> Shaitan's going to try to put the temptation. The temptation's going to go away, but your nafs still wants it. And so your nafs is going to try to convince you, okay, just have a little bit. Right. Or your nafs is going to try to convince you that there's some benefit to this. Or, you know, find some friends and drink it together so you won't be alone. Right. And so that's how your nafs works. It keeps going multiple different ways. Okay. And saying, is not going to knock away your nafs. Right. Okay. And so your nafs is, uh, as is the example here in Ramadan, uh, uh, far more dangerous than shaitan. Shaitan, I mean, this is not to say he's not dangerous, he's our open enemy. Right. But if this example is happening in Ramadan with sahabas about the Prophet, peace be upon him, or the Prophet, I mean, the sahabas, there's no indication that they are suspicious of anything. Yeah. But if the Prophet is going so far as to go out of his way to, to, to let them know, then... That's something to be uh, especially con- uh, concerned about. And you can reach the point, like when he's saying that it runs through you like blood, uh, you can reach the point where it becomes your default. So your default is right now your fitra, which is to turn to Allah, to reject shaitan, yeah. to like good, to, to reject bad. But the more bad you do, that can become your default. Yeah. And then things that are good start becoming repulsive for you. You can reach that point and not even realize it. So anytime you do bad, you should always follow it up, inshallah, as soon as you can, with with good. Okay. Any other questions? One last question I had was, um, how come jinn are only mentioned at the end, but not like with every ayah? Like, the, why couldn't it be said that like the rub of Nas engine? Like the medic of NASA engine. That's, that's a good question. I don't really have a, uh, an answer for, for, for that one. I mean, I don't even have anything to, to speculate with. Okay. Because uh, the Quran is for them as well. Right. And so it could be that 
if Alatala is speaking to us, then by default it includes them. Okay. Uh, but then when it's speaking of Minaljinatiwanas, Alatala is emphasizing that it's for us and for them. Okay. In the same way that, I mean, I'm not saying women are jinn, but when Alatala is speaking to males in the Quran, right. except when it's specified, it's speaking to men and women. Right. Right. And then there will be the occasional ayah, will mu'minina, will mu'minat, or will mu'minun, will mu'minat, and, you know, aponatim, aponatat, all those things. And then men and women will be emphasized, but beyond that, that's nothing more than speculation. Is there a question about Okay, inshallah. So we'll stop right here. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu la ilaha illa anta, nastafiruka natubu ilayku, akhirat awana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.